and gentlemen, it's Matthew Anthony Hawkins here with another Around Chilliwack podcast. This time from the Cowork Chilliwack podcast studio, we've got Tim McAlpine, the podcast or the uh, Cowork owner, sitting around the corner here taking a photo of my two lovely guests. If you'd like to introduce yourself, I'm Dr. Allison Henry. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You want to say something else? <laughs> I'm a family doctor in Chilliwack. Perfect. I'm Dr. Sherry Sajati. I'm an internist in Chilliwack. And just so everyone knows, because they have the audio, not the visual, we are very well spaced apart in the podcast studio. Lots of room. You guys feel comfortable. And we're sitting, we've recorded a few videos this morning, and uh, we're talking about probably the most talked about thing going on right now, not just in Chilliwack, but the world, this COVID pandemic. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> So what's, what's going on in Chilliwack? This, uh, we went through the lockdown in March, um, and a lot of people just went, why are we having a lockdown? Things are ridiculous. COVID's not in Chilliwack. We're in the second wave now, um, and COVID is very much in Chilliwack. Am I correct? Yes, you are. Um, second wave definitely hit us in Chilliwack. Um, both in terms of inpatients and outpatients um, that we're seeing through our practices, through the hospital, through our wards. Um, so as a community, we came together to better prepare for these patients that need urgent care. And um, it has been an interesting and challenging year. Yeah. Allison? Yeah, I would... Um, <laughs> agree with Sherry completely. There is uh, definitely a lot more COVID here with the second wave. And um, Sherry sees a lot of it in the hospital and is really seeing the, the sickest of our, our patients. And from my practice, um, I'm seeing a bit of that and also just seeing uh, how it's affecting people's everyday lives when they when they have it and, and uh, caring for people that have it. And just like all of us trying to manage through and hopefully get to the end of this pandemic eventually. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk quickly about the difference between your jobs. So you mentioned it just briefly there. You're a family physician. You work. You don't work in the hospital per se. I well, I actually do. So I'm a family physician, um, and I work in the hospital. Okay. Um, I also do obstetrics, so I deliver babies in the hospital as well. Yeah. But my the way I work has definitely changed since March. I'm mm -hmm. not in the hospital as much as I used to be. Right. Um, Chilliwack's a very unique community that has a lot of family doctors are are doing a, um, a role that would sometimes be called a hospitalist role. Um, and that means that we care for our, our patients and our practice in the hospital um, and sometimes other people's patients as well. But uh, with the first wave, we, we tried to reduce how many providers were in the hospital at any given time, um, really trying to, to focus our efforts. So instead of there being kind of 50 doctors there in one day, maybe you know each doctor seeing one or two people, we had um, 20 doctors there and each doctor was seeing more people just to kind of... Um, reduce the number of people being potentially ex exposed and some of that's still going on now to, to try to keep the physicians um, safe and, and, and in doing so keeping our patients safe. Right. So you're still available. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Phone call or, or virtual call or. Yeah. I'm, um, phone call, virtual call. I see patients in my office. I'd say I'm seeing roughly about 50% of my patients um, on the phone or, or via Zoom and then the other 50% um, in my office. And that might be a bit different than 
than other family doctors, right. mostly because of the obstetrical care I do. Right. But um, I know my colleagues are still working. They're still working very hard, and they they really care for their patients. And they so they're not see on them. vacation like some people think. No, not on vacation. I bugged you about this a little bit today. Yeah, yeah. That. No, I I would have loved a vacation, um, <laughs> but none of us can go on vacation right now. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, yeah, have have been working hard, and it's been a tough year, right? It's been a challenging year. We've had to learn, um, we've had to learn technology. That's really been the biggest thing. And and my office staff have just been fantastic um, in in supporting our patients and just rising to all the challenges that we've asked of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and our patients have adapted, um, you know, as as well as can be expected to this new way of doing it. But but we are here, and I, I think the main message I want to get through is that if, if you do need to see your doctor, please try to, please call. Um, um, we are here. We do want to see you. Right. And Sherry, your job a little bit different? Yes, I'm an internist, um, so I do practice in my office. I have intromas in practice, and I do um, practice in hospital too. And as a part of my job, I cover intensive care unit and I do see patients with COVID in eMERGE. And uh, And, I'm. And recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah, We're not talking like one patient a few months ago. No. At this point, uh, my team and average see um, two to three uh, very sick COVID patients in a day in our hospital. Um, So I deal with a lot of sick patients. Uh, part of my job is intubating these patients if required and so provide walk them us through what that means, intubating. Intubating means um, to put people on a life support, practically. Uh, it's a, um, we provide ICU care, which can be from a simple oxygen to a very high flow oxygen to putting people on life support in terms of intubation, which is a tube that goes through the mouth and provide oxygen while people are sedated and on a ventilator to provide them with oxygen. So as a part of my job, I provide that kind of a care to these patients and then we'll allocate the patients whether to stay in Shulwak Hospital in our ICU or we transfer them out to a higher level of care. Or if they do not require that, then we have them on a medical floor under the care of our family physicians. We have a dedicated COVID unit at this point. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So you guys see two very different sides of COVID. Yeah, I would say if, if you're seeing Sherry and you have COVID, that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm part, you don't. You, you, it's never a good thing to see. But she'll me. do a very good job taking care of you. Thank you. And you'll probably come see me again in a few weeks. Right. Yes. Um, it's never good to see me in the hospital. As, uh, but if you see me for COVID, it means that things are not looking good. Okay. So some people are under the impression that COVID is just a flu. Which, Allison, you mentioned it is a flu. Yeah. But how it impacts people is, it varies. It, it really does vary. Um, we were just chatting before we joined the podcast about how this this uh, this virus um, affects people very differently. And, and although there are some, some things we can use to predict who's going to be more ill than others, we know that advanced age and other comorbidities um, do, you know, obviously impact how severe the disease could affect you. Um, it can be a mild illness. And so I often get patients saying to me, well, this can't be COVID. It's just a, just a cold. Um, but that's what COVID does. It can be just a cold. Uh, definitely a lot of the, the younger patients in my practice who have had COVID have, have done quite well. And it has been, thankfully, a very mild illness. 
Um, the reason we're doing all of these restrictions is because that very young person who might have mild symptoms that we might say, oh, it's just a cold. Pre-COVID, we would not think twice about having them go to visit grandma or grandpa um, because it's just a, a small little sniffle, really. But um, now with the pandemic, that little sniffle could could kill grandma and grandpa. Right. Right. So that's the concern. That's is, why we're doing Sherry, all this. That's more of the side that you see. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. So what does that look like from... Allison's perspective mm -hmm. over to what you see. So, uh, unfortunately, I see people when they're decompensating a lot, and I see them just before putting them on life support, which is very tough because mm -hmm. this is what what this is what I do for a long time. But with the COVID, it's been extremely challenging for us because the circumstances are changing with the COVID. And that's um, one thing that I hope everyone getting that it's, it's not a regular flu. Well, it's way worse. Um, and I see people at the end of it when they're decompensating so fast. And I've seen a lot as a practitioner, as a physician, but taking care of a COVID patient and intubating them is practically the hardest thing I've done so far in life. Right. And um, how long have you been a doctor? I've been practicing for five years. I graduated in 2016 from UBC. Yeah. Um, so prior to that, 10 years of like residencies and fellowships and medical mm -hmm. school and things like that. Um, so what's unique with this patient, and that's why we're trying to do the mask and the hand washing and socialization not to get there, is that these patients are very, um, very, very sick. Um, they come in, they have to be isolated in a room. Uh, they don't see any of nurses that come into a room unless they are in like full PPEs. We go in with the layers and layer of protection on us. So imagine someone in a room with a closed door, with a monitor, no one's going in unless they're looking like like Let's say alien. Suit. Yeah. 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 You have you, you all you saw all those pictures with uh, suits and the layers and the mask and everything else communicating with them. And suddenly there are a couple of people coming in saying that, well, your oxygen is dropping. You need to be intubated or this is not going to last long. Right. And can I, can I stop you there for a second? Um, as yourself going in there and, and other people going into a room like that, what, what is the, the fear aspect like having to deal with a patient that's going with COVID, dealing with COVID at that, that level? As a healthcare provider? Yeah, or as, well, as a person. <laughs> well, as a, as a person, initially there were a bit of a fear in terms of PPEs and what's required and an unknown component of things but now we overcome that so we did this a lot so we learned a lot but now when we go in we have a very limited time to provide a secure airway and give enough oxygen to the patient and we go there knowing that this patient won't have time to say goodbye to their family right knowing that this patient's probably watched a lot of tv they know what's happening they're scared of dying. Mm -hmm. They're shaking. I have to hold their hands, calm them down, and promise to call their wife or okay. their husband. Yeah. Or go in and talk to the wife or the partner after and tell them the husband said that 
I love you. Not knowing that the patient will say that again or say their loved one in their final moments before putting them on life support. Mm -hmm. Because putting them on life support is one aspect. Getting off the life support is the hard part. It's quite a battle. People stay on the ventilator for average of a week and then it's a rocky recovery in a lot of times. Even if they're having no comorbidities, we're talking about an average for someone who's otherwise well. That's the hard part. Knowing that this patient is not going to have enough time to say even a, s- a sentence to their loved one. Because otherwise, we try for a family to come to the room. We try th- for them to have a conversation. We try to make sure that people know, that the family knows that there is some sort of a involvement from the family and the patient. And there is a, at least a communication between a patient that's crashing and may never wake up right. and people who care for these patients. And we go in with uh, limited, like we usually have like way more support, but we go in with a limited number of people into the room. Uh, we are having protocols. We can do this, but it's just calming that person yeah. and holding their hands and looking at their eyes with all the protection mm-hmm. and we tried not to think of it, but think of it as a patient looking at us uh, on top of the patient looking so weird. That's what I'm trying, and like the humanity aspect of it. Yeah, that's crushing. You don't that's have a crushing. person necessarily there. Yes, you, that's the hardest aspect, I would say, yeah. because um, that that is getting lost. Yeah. That it's not a usual cure. It's... Um, it is very unfortunate and it is it, just holding their hands mm-hmm. and trying to be with them and then talking to the family, uh, communicating the last sentences before someone's getting intubated and then hearing the cry on the phone and sometimes if they don't survive, breaking that news to them. Mm-hmm when they're not able to come to see that person, their loved one, if they've been in the hospital, the last time they saw them was in the ambulance leaving the home. Right. That's the hard part. And that's why it's so crushing, causing distress and burned out in us. Right. Beside everything we go through, beside the other aspects of the volume of work, resources, everything else that we can talk about, but that aspect of the... Just the pure loss. yeah. Yeah. So reality is COVID's here. It's making an impact in our community. Um, What's the outlook? Uh, We talked a little bit about vaccine earlier um, and masks too, like the prevention and the outlook of of this pandemic. What are we we in for? Well, I'd I'd like to think it's January 6th. And so I'd like to think that 2021 can only get better. And the, I think, um, at least for me, hearing that the vaccine is here and, and, um, a few people are starting to get it now, and that's just been very uplifting to know that that's coming. Um, masks are, are here for a while as well. Masks are, um, in, you know, I, I've, um, for myself and, and for Sherry, masks have been a part of our life for a very long time. We wear masks at work. We're quite used to doing this. Um, I'm still getting used to wearing a mask when I buy my groceries. Um, 
but uh, masks are a very important thing that we can do to reduce the transmission. So as opposed to maybe one person um, being infected and giving it to five other people, um, we know that when we're wearing masks and, and doing good hand hygiene and not touching our face too much, we're going to reduce that transition maybe to zero or maybe just to one other person. And so if you think about you know, how many people are around each other, um, that's going to do a lot. And that's really why our curve has been flattened and, and we haven't seen some of the same outcomes that other countries and, and places have seen. Um, the the vaccine, I, I know there's been a bit of kind of controversy controversy in the news about um, been a bit slow to, to get that going and, and it's here and why can't we get it? Um, and I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that in the next days to weeks even, we're going to get more news about, you know, when I can start giving it to my patients. I get lots of phone calls from my patients now saying, when can I get this vaccine? Is the vaccine safe? Um, uh, Talk about that for a second. Is the vaccine safe? Um, and just because you get the vaccine, does that mean you can't get COVID? That's one of the questions I see a lot of. Do you want to take that one? <laughs> um, I, I can dabble in that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I personally am looking forward to vaccines. Yeah. I, I get the same question a lot. I, I think uh, I understand it's a um, new technology, it's a new way of uh, creating vaccine and the evidence behind this, but um, I believe in the data that this is safe, that this is effective, it's been approved, uh, it's more than 90% effective. Uh, well, the flu vaccine is like 60-ish the best and we all get the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's potential for minor side effects like pain um, at the side of, um, you know, the arm or some body ache. And uh, there are concerns regarding allergic reactions, but I personally cannot wait to get vaccine. And the same for my family. Uh, my um, sister-in-law just got it as a nurse working in long-term care. So she's she did really good, <laughs> and I'm and I can wait uh, and I advocate that for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, I mean, I, I'll just add um, on a more personal note. I did get the vaccine. I, I also work in long-term care, so I was eligible to get it with the first batch, which I felt very. Um, fortunate to do and and I will admit I, I questioned a bit why um, other people like Sherry who's intubating people you know I know it's coming for her very soon um, but um, for for me I had absolutely no side effects my arm wasn't even sore my flu shot hurt more than my COVID shot right um, so I'm, I'm very hopeful, right, that with this vaccine. Um, now, you're, you did ask a very like, poignant question we haven't quite did, answered, yeah. which, which is... You know, Don't worry, I didn't forget. <laughs> does, does the vaccine mean you can't get COVID? And, and the best answer I can say to you is, yeah, it probably means you can't get COVID. Um, Sherry quoted 90%, and, and so that's what the initial studies have shown for Pfizer and, and the Moderna vaccine is it's a 90% effectiveness, which is higher than the flu shot typically. Um, and that's, you know, in terms of overall vaccine protection, that's great. Um, there is also a concept of herd immunity. So the more people that get it, um, right. the less likely it is that other people that don't are going to spread it. Um, so, uh, you know, um, it, it is a, yeah, just just like Sherry said, I, I trust the science behind it. I trust that my, my colleagues who have more knowledge than I do, um, who are working on, on the guidelines and who are working on, on the... Uh, research behind this i trust that they've done the right thing and i do trust that our government has done due diligence to approve this in the correct ways Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm just so thankful that it got done so quickly because it's been under a year right and that's pretty much unheard of but it's because all the smart minds were working on this and that's all they've been working on 
Right. But it's not like COVID just is something that just showed up out of nowhere, right? Like this is like, can we, can you guys explain that? Like I'm not a medical person at all. Well, according to my 11 year old, it came from bats. Yes. Um, <laughs> from someone eating a bat, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, According to my nine-year-old, it comes from cooties. So I, okay. I'm not. I'm, I'm hearing all That's sorts of things range. on the playground, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. There are none of those are. There are ongoing studies, right? There are controversies around this. Um, and going back to your question of if you get vac- vaccine, yes, you may get COVID, and but the studies are showing that you're. Um, the severity of your disease is going to be changed from mild, uh, from severe to mild. Right. And is uh, there are studies, uh, that, and data actually include the geriatric population, which is very, very nice to mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And um, in a spectrum of different ethnicities, which is nice to have, um, both female and male. So it, it, is, uh, it is looking like a very strong data. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you might be less likely to have to need to see Sherry yeah, yeah. if you get the vaccine and that's which sounds like it'd be, yes. that'd be a good thing yes I'd rather see you on the street yeah <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to see anyone in the hospital <laughs> ever, uh, you know. yeah. Yeah. and maybe I can just um, clarify a little bit around that your, your question um, because it's something I've talked to a lot of my patients about and it's that the the coronavirus isn't actually a new virus. That's um, what I was trying to yeah, get to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the coronavirus has been around for a very long time, um, just like other viruses, you know, adenovirus, rhinovirus, influenza. These are these are words that we don't hear all the time, but, but these cause cold and flu-like symptoms. Right. And it's just the particular strain and, right. and viruses, I always say they're very sneaky. Um, you know, the chickenpox virus, like they're very sneaky and, and they like to change and they like to kind of keep humans on, on their toes by by mutating um, so that our immune systems don't recognize them as well. And this particular mutation, not, not the new one that we might be showing in Canada a bit, but um, just the initial coronavirus that is causing this pandemic um, does make some people very, very sick. And that's what Sherry was talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Um, but this virus has been, been here for a while. Uh, so I, I've done a little bit of world travel. Uh, I had to get vaccinations. Like I had to get the yellow fever. Um, when I was younger, I got the chicken pox um, vaccination. Um, why is there such, why do you think there is such a, just people feeling like their backs up against the wall about having uh, about this vaccination, this COVID vaccination. Why do you think people are feeling adverse to it? They don't they don't want to get it because it feels so rushed. Um, like I, that's what mm-hmm. people. This is this is. I'm sharing what people's perspectives are. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, right. but that you there's know, this. Yeah, I've I've actually been surprised. Um, being a family doctor, I, I deal with a lot of vaccination issues and, and questions. And because of the work I do in obstetrics, I see lots of young babies. Um, I've been actually surprised by how many of my patients are calling me saying, sign me up, like put me on the list. When can I get this? I thought there would right. be a lot more people who who, um, who were apprehensive about this. Um, like I know for me, uh, I ended up getting uh, chicken pox when I was younger. Uh, well, actually, I was 13, so older for that time i wish i would have never gotten chicken pox i remember that was a terrible time going back to school and having these scars on my face and arms and stuff um and that's just chicken pox like that's nothing really um like i have no problem with getting the vaccination so i don't understand why people are so against um 
wanting to stay away from sharing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for sure. You, you know, it's I can see that someone can make a point that it just created, we just uh, created a vaccine in a matter of like months. The technology is very novel. It hasn't been done before. The studies, well, uh, you know, there are limitations to any studies. I, I can see all those points. Like there's a new... Um, um, vaccine there's a new evidence that the government is pushing and there's always there is there are element of hesitancies in what the you know perhaps the government tell us to do rather than what we choose to do so i i would say um just read about us like mm-hmm. and read it uh, on a you know evidence-based based on an evidence-based article rather than let's say social media uh, right, like because and listen to the scientists rather than celebrities. Yeah. Um, there's a reason someone is a scientist. There's a reason someone is not. Uh, there are um, safe and evidence-based articles out there, and there are some that they're not evidence-based. And with anything new, they're gonna be a part of us being hesitant to try being cautious about the push. Um, but what I would say is that, yes, it is a personal choice, um, but I would advocate for a um, conscious and well-informed choice. Right. And I, and I, I like uh, yeah, rather than um, the element of fear uh, of the new. Allison, anything? No, I think that was great, Sherry. <laughs> and and uh, I was going to say, I, I, I can't think of a future where Canada forces anyone to get a vaccine. Um, and so I, I just think, you know, for people to know, like Sherry said, they have a right to educate themselves and to make their own informed decision about what's best for, for them. Um, uh, definitely when I had the vaccine, I, I had some concerns, right? I thought, you know, this has come about quite quickly. Did they really do due diligence? Um, and I read the article and I looked at how many patients actually had been studied. I looked at the side effects that they had, which were very minimal. And mm-hmm. I felt very confident that despite the, the shorter time frame to get this to market, um, that no steps had been dropped. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, as some people might think, Bill Gates is just trying to take over the world with the <laughs> vaccination. <laughs> I think so, he already has, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't we need just don't that. know it. I don't think he needs he anything more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he. <laughs> uh, it's good. I asked you guys while we were filming about an hour or so ago. I am a big fan of the TV show Scrubs. So, how true is Scrubs to the, the work you guys do? Uh, I, I I love Scrubs and I watched it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's pretty accurate, at least for comparing to my residency experience, yeah. the initial season, like first to or second season, I would say. Uh, I love it. And Allison, you didn't say that. Well, it, I I mean, I love the show. You guys had different answers. I love the show. I, I didn't think it was it was too similar. Although Sherry um, has done more training than I have and spent definitely more time in the hospital, um, <laughs> saving people's lives. Call rooms. Call rooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I remember a few call room scenes that, that never never no, happened to me. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and their hair is a lot better than our hair That's will ever look. And their clothes. Too. And their clothes. Yeah. yeah. Good um, makeup. Good makeup. And yeah. I don't, that's not how we look like. No. Do you have a, uh, do you have a favorite character on on the show 
you know, it's been so long since I watched it, but definitely the main male yeah, character. The main male yeah, the main male character. JD. JD, yeah. JD. Um, I just liked his imagination. He would kind yeah, of JD. just go off on these little dreams. That oh, was yeah. very entertaining. I love as the show goes on that he just, like, as he drifts away, like, they end up making fun of him through the show. Yeah. Like, you can come back here? Like, oh, just give him a minute. He's uh, off in his little dream world. Uh, yeah. Um, what else can we cover here? Uh, like, I feel like we got so serious and I'm trying to lighten the mood up a <laughs> yeah. little bit right now. Yeah. What do we have uh, going forward? What uh, what can people expect? What can people do um, to keep keep this pandemic from getting worse? I, I think, you know, as as a family doctor in Chilliwack, I'm I'm uh, I'm really feeling the burden that this pandemic has put on my my patients and my practice and um, on the patients I care for in the in the hospital in obstetrics and and um, uh, you know I, I'm thinking about that um, patients of mine who have lost family members and haven't been there haven't been able to hold their hand the way Sherry has has done for them on their behalf mm-hmm. and it's heartbreaking like it's just devastating when you've been through that and 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 it's been hard to to watch that and and to know that I, I I can't have them visit their family, it's just not safe um, to do that. Um, and then just also touching on long-term care, um, a similar issue there where, where I've got patients that haven't seen their grandchildren in almost a year now, and that's that's devastating to me. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so thankful we live in a world where technology exists. I think if we didn't have that, how different this pandemic would have been. We can, we can still talk and Zoom and it's not the same. Um, but, uh, just, you know, um, some things that you can do to go forward is, is, um, trying to stick to a routine, reaching out to people and just even simple gestures. I know, um, Dr. Bonnie Henry, who I, I, I always remind people is not related to me, but I wish she was, (laughs) um, but I call her auntie, um, just because, um, you know, her, I think her message of, of showing kindness and showing compassion and, I've got patients who who come and talk to me and they're very angry because people aren't wearing masks or they're very angry because they're being asked to wear a mask. So I'm seeing both sides. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think just remember that everyone, you know, has a story. Everyone has a reason. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if one person chooses not to wear a mask, well, that's that's their that's their choice. I, I don't think confronting them in the grocery store is, is really going to help that along. Just, you know, take a step away and, and keep your distance and do what you've chosen is right for yourself and for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but not to, to discount that person, to remember that they are a person and they probably have a reason. Um, and it might not line up with your mentality or your reasoning, but to show them some compassion. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really important message. Um, I, I think we are approaching, um, Maybe not the end of this, but we're approaching a new phase with with this vaccine coming. I think, um, as I said before, masks are going to be with us for a while and hand hygiene. I just hope we'll stay forever because my oh. kids have had less colds this year. So that's yeah. been great. <laughs> um, but um, uh, yeah, and then again, just, you know, if you need help, please, please do reach out. I know there's been a lot of mental health and, and a lot of anxiety in my patients over this and understandably because the world has kind of been on fire this year. So, <laughs> so we're all feeling that anxiety and, yeah. and, um, it's a new world we're living in. Like it really is. It's bizarre how yeah. just, uh, the infrastructure that we had just, we, it showed how weak it was. Yeah. It, and I think too, it, it, it really highlights for me how we, we do need human connection, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, that's an integral part of being a human is being able to touch someone, being able to hug someone. Um, handshakes. I'm like, even just handshakes. I miss shaking hands with yeah. people. 
yeah i'm not a big hugger <laughs> but a handshake i'm not a big hugger no oh, so. i'm a you just hugger you're a big hugger okay. yeah i yeah yeah i have that yeah i i, I think you said it all i think we it it was um for sure one of the most challenging years that i had so far in my life um yeah, that's the you're the first person i've heard say that <laughs> No, it, it comes a lot because uh, I've been through a lot. Um, but I, uh, when it started, I remember I said a good friend in Emerge, Tracy, uh, if she's listening to this, uh, she was talking about us and I said, well, you know, there are a lot of things um, I know of my family and myself and a lot of friends overcoming like uh, wars and immigration and famine and abuse and everything else. We're just going to add this to the list. Yeah. Um, so we're going to add this to the list. Uh, I know it's been challenging. Um, I think we learned a lot on a positive note. We did a lot of positive, um, you know, uh, changes with when it comes to our healthcare. We are doing a lot of virtual care. Like our offices yeah. is changed significantly. The way we are practicing um, changed significantly, which is going to stay. Um, we learn, as you pointed out, that a lot about our infrastructure. Uh, hopefully we'll learn lessons from, you know, what happened in terms of the early times with the PPEs, the manufacturing need that we need to have as a society, and uh, we'll work on what we um, need to work on to prevent from this happening again. And next time we will be way more prepared. Um, and um, I think the other thing we learned that we are all in it together. Uh, that we are a society, we are connected to each other all the way apart, and um, we will add this to the list of challenges that we all overcome, and when they we tell it all to our grandkids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. 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 A story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just from that, I think we should wrap it up here in a minute. But what I'd like you guys to do um, is just share a thank you for um you guys we got this on camera already but if you can just open up and share again uh and for myself um i haven't been public about this uh, i've been kind of waiting for the right moment but uh, my uncle i'm not not close to him uh came back from a cruise uh march april and uh contracted covid and came back and actually uh, got through COVID, but the damage that it had done to his heart, his liver, his kidney, mm -hmm. uh, like just his lungs, uh, ended up passing a few weeks after he was clear of COVID. Um, but the the incredible care that the healthcare workers gave him, uh, how connected they kept his kids and his wife, and um, just how much work uh, they put in that they, they didn't have to, but um, that humanity aspect, that touch, um, that just seemed to be a sort of a theme through our, our podcast episode here, that how important that touch is. Uh, they, they provided that for him through Skype calls with his wife and, and, and playing music that he loved it. And just, I, I'm not gonna even go into it cause it's just, uh, it's a lot, but I just, from someone that wasn't even close to him, I just wanna say thank you to our healthcare workers. Thank you to people like you, the job that you guys do and day in and day out and uh, Keep going, please, because uh, we need your help and we need your expertise and everything that you're doing. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And yeah. if there's anything you guys would like to close off with saying, I, I'd love to hear from you. I just want to thanks everyone in our community. 
from our patients to allied health um, to our co-workers, colleagues, physician, nurses, everyone. Um, I think most of us came together as a community and um, we did it all together and we continue to do this as a team um, for um, a better future for lack of others, <laughs> right? And um, I, I just want to say it's, it's been... I, I'm I've been touched personally by how grateful people are and how understanding everyone is uh, with the situation we're going through is like uh, what Allison was saying earlier on with the 7 p.m. Uh, cheers and then even a simple note or a, you know a look or a, a, a just a thank you it, it makes a whole difference in a tough day right and right. we are um, doing all we can do we are here <laughs> to help out so yeah it's, it's been I, a pleasure I appreciate working you guys for the being open mm-hmm. just sharing from your you're both doctors but in very different areas and dealing with this pandemic in very different ways so i wanted to say thank you for the, like just the the openness and vulnerability so yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's great that's the human nature yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no and thanks i mean just uh I think through all of this, it's been really nice to to know that the community is is here. I felt that community support from those early days of the seven p.m. Um, pot banging and. Um, My daughter broke up a pot and <laughs> and a uh, bang so hard <laughs> a wooden spoon. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, and I'm just I'm I'm always amazed by the the resiliency of the human spirit. Um, you know, as Sherry was saying, this isn't the first tragedy. Um, that's happened in the world mm-hmm. um, and in, I think in Canada at least in in my lifetime we've been very blessed to not to have lived a pretty privileged life up until now um, and and there's still greater tragedies happening around the world but but uh, humans survive and people get through it and the way we do that is by supporting each other and by having some compassion for each other so I think um, I've been focusing on the silver linings of COVID and there's there's definitely a lot um, of silver linings that you can look for. And I think focusing on that is going to get us through 2021. Mm-hmm. And hopefully in 2022, we can all say what COVID. Yeah. Would, <laughs> hug each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hug you, Sherry, even though I don't like to hug people too. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, there you go, Chilliwack. Two of our finest healthcare workers, two Thank of our you. finest doctors. Uh, opened up and shared about COVID. And uh, just a quick note to everyone in Chilliwack, uh, keep your head up, stay strong. You've got this. Thank you for having us here. Yeah, thank you. It's been yeah. And stay tuned for more information on your COVID vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs>